The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. Welcome to Prescriptions for Healing Conflict. I'm Lloyd. I'm the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank. Mari's been an attorney mediator for 26 years, and during that time, she's resolved thousands of disputes as a neutral conflict healer. She's a member of the Orange County Superior Court Mediation Panel, and she's been a law professor of negotiations and mediation, and presently teaches negotiations right here at UCI. She's the author of Negotiations Breakthroughs and co-author of Stepping Stones to Success and several other books. To listen to previous interviews, see upcoming guests, download podcasts, and learn more, visit www.conflicthealing.com. So Mari, what's your show about today? Well, our show is about the power of a positive no. And I have to tell you, I am so excited about this interview And Lloyd, you may remember when I went to Harvard and I did training with William Urey. I love him. He is my hero. I teach uh, negotiations and mediation, and I always use all of his books. I use Getting to Yes, Getting Past No, The Power of a Positive No, and he is just really, in my view, one of the best peacemakers in this entire world, and he is a fabulous mediator and a great teacher as well, so I was really thrilled. If you don't know who Bill Urey is, I'm going to tell you a little bit about him. Bill Urey is the co-founder of the Harvard Program on Negotiation, and he's currently a senior fellow of the Harvard Negotiation Project. He's the author, as I told you, of The Power of a Positive No that we're going to talk about. And he's also the author of Getting to Yes, which is really the Bible on negotiations that he co-authored with Roger Fisher, who I also trained with. And... He um, is the author of um, Getting Past No, which was truthfully my very favorite of his books before, and now this is my favorite, the new one. Anyway, that deals with how to deal with difficult people. Now, over the past 30 years, Bill Urey has served as negotiation advisor and mediator in conflicts ranging from corporate mergers to wildcat strikes in the Kentucky coal mines to ethnic wars in the Middle East, the Balkans, and the former Soviet Union. With, form, with former President Jimmy Carter, he co-founded the International ne- Negotiation Network, which is a non-governmental body seeking to end civil wars around the world. He has done so much, won so many awards. It's, it's, I can't even go on, but I, I just want you to know that we have on our website his whole bio and also, you can go to his website at William Yuri. That's W I L L I A M Yuri U R Y dot com. So, without further ado, I'm dying to get into talking to him about all the wonderful things that he's doing, and especially with this book, "The Power of a Positive No." Thank you, Bill, for joining us. Oh, it's my pleasure, Mary. Well, you describe in your book the power of a positive no. Um, it's a prequel to your books, Getting to Yes and Getting Past No. Why is that? Why do you call it a prequel? 
Because what I've found is that the key to getting to yes uh, is the ability to say no. If we can't say no to what is less important, we can't say yes to what is more important. And what I've found is that maybe one of the biggest obstacles to people getting to the right yes, because it's not just a question of getting to any yes, but to a wise yes that really meets your needs and addresses the others as well, it's often necessary to be able to, to say no, uh, to say no to deals that don't make sense or say no to injustices. And so that's why I finally went back and decided that after having focused so much of my life on the word yes, I needed to do a little bit of justice to the word no. Well, and you did that with when you got to getting past no, because you started to deal with it, but this is even like the next level of consciousness. So let's talk which, about what you mean by no. I mean, no can be a very negative word. Sure. And, and people who say, no, I'm not going to do that, or no, I don't agree. I mean, that escalates the conflict. But you're talking about a totally different kind of no. So let's... I am. I'm talking about a, a positive no. And in this world today where... You know, we live in a world where we're constantly, you know, through the Internet, all kinds of options, all kinds of offers, all kinds of demands. You know, there's so many, life has gotten so intense that the ability to, to get to yes means that we might have to, you know, like, for example, when I write a book, uh, I have to, to write a book to say yes to that book, which is mine to, to do, or for any of us to say yes to that, which is our gift to contribute to the world, you know, in the case of a book, I, I'd have to say no a thousand times to a thousand different offers or demands on my time to be able to carve out that creative space. I remember years ago when uh, Roger Fisher and I collaborated on Getting to Yes, I was then working, right afterwards, I was working on the whole question of how to reduce the risk of nuclear war. And, and one of my first, my first funder in, uh, to, to support that work was the celebrated investor Warren Buffett. And I was having breakfast with him, and he said, you know, Bill, I'm not sure I understand all this focus on yes, yes, getting to yes. He said, because in my line of business, the most important word is no. And I said, what do you mean, Warren? He said, well, I sit there at my desk at Omaha, and I look at one investment deal after another, and I say, no, that's not what I want. No, that's not what I want. And, you know, I might go through a thousand deals until I see exactly what I want. And then I say yes, and all I have to do is, Say yes, you know, a half dozen times and look at me. And so <laughs> to me, that was a, there was an insight there that in today's world in particular, we need to learn how to say no. But the way in which we say no is paramount because oftentimes, just as you pointed out, the way we traditionally say no is negatively. We think of no as a negative word. We're saying no, and so it's, it's often felt as a rejection, and it's destructive of relationship, it's destructive of the potential for deals. And what I see successful negotiators doing is they do say no, but they do it in a positive way, where you're actually just using no, drawing a line, setting a limit that needs to be set as a way of advancing an underlying yes. So a no is simply a yes in another form. It's simply a way of protecting your core yes, your core needs, some core quality uh, that you or core interest or core value that you're trying to protect. You need to be able to say no. So it's a little bit like that. It's, it's, you start from the, you know, a successful no, believe it or not, starts from a yes, from really understanding what are you really saying yes to. When your boss says, 
will you work this weekend or demands that you work this weekend? And you say, you say, I have an important family commitment this weekend. Yeah. You know, so that's your yes. You ground yourself in your yes. Yes and then to yourself. The no is yeah. very, it's very respectful. It's just, uh, and so I can't work this weekend. And then it's immediately followed by a yes on the other end. And here's what we can do. I can work late on Thursday night. John or Mary can help. We can get the work done. So it's a, it's a positive no is a yes, followed by a no, followed by a yes on the other side. Right. Well, I, and, and I just thought of a clients that I just had this week that, um, and, and you talk about this in your book too, about the person who will say yes even when they want to say no because they're afraid of ruining the relationship or they're, they're scared of the other party or whatever. And I have to sit there and coach them in how to say no nicely. Just say, you know, if someone says, well, I want this, and, you know, when you're trying to resolve conflict, which you do all the time, you know, you're, if you say, no, I'm getting out of here, I mean, that, that's the end, you know, that you gotta, you got to bring it back. So I just had this couple this week in terms of, you know, a divorce mediation, and husband said, I'm not going to do that. And just started to blow the whole thing up. And I said, well, how else could you say it? Could you just say, I'm really not comfortable with that. Um, but I, you know, I could do this for you. And, or I'm, gee, I'm, I'm not comfortable because of something, you know, because maybe I won't have enough money to live on or whatever it is. And I understand where you're coming from. How about if we do this? So what I saw you suggesting in your book is being able to, like you said, be respectful, hold your boundaries, and then offer a, a possible solution, right? That's it. That's absolutely that. That's it. There, there's a yes on the other side, which is that constructive solution. And oftentimes, that, that that's a mistake that we make. We say we say no to what we don't want, but we don't say yes. And let the other side know what we do want. We say no to what the, you know what we don't want them to do, but we want them to do. And you know, I had a friend, Marshall, who, who uh, told me about a, a woman in one of his workshops who came up and complained that you know about her husband because she had been complaining to her husband that he was always uh, overworking. And so he came home one day and said, "Honey, I've taken your advice and I've signed up for a weekend golf tournament." <laughs> and she was furious with him because. You know, what she really wanted was for him to spend time with her and the kids on the weekend. But, you know, but that's a mistake that we make is that we let someone know what we don't want them to do. In this case, don't overwork. But we also need to let them know exactly what we do want them to do and, uh, and to make that clear and, uh, and understandable. And it's, no. really, it's really about boundaries, too. And I think, you know, as the older I get, the more I learn that I really need to respect my boundaries and the boundaries of other people. And, and be respectful of those boundaries. And sometimes we'll, someone will ask me to do something, let's say, as an expert witness, and they'll say, I want you to do this, this, and this. And I have to say, you know, I, I can't do what you want me to do. That's, that's not ethical. You know, I don't, I don't say that's, you're unethical. I'll just say something. I really can't do that. I'm not comfortable with that. However, I can do this. Right. So, you know, but your first reaction might be, what are you asking me to do? Something totally unethical? You know, right. <laughs> but you have to just shut up and not say anything. Well, the key word there, Mari, that you just use <laughs> is respect. And that's what makes a positive no strong is it's, it's, it's no properly taken is the key word of respect. It's the key word of self-respect. 
where you have to kind of respect your own boundaries. So it's the key word we need to learn to respect ourselves and to respect what our, our needs and, and our community, our family's needs, our community's needs, and so on. And then it's also the, the way in which a positive note is delivered. It's, it's, it's a, you deliver it respectfully to the other side. You're letting them know what your underlying yes is and therefore where you have a limit. And then you're making a positive proposal to them. So it's, it's respectful to them as well as to you. And that's what's so much needed in this world. And, you know, it's interesting in the negotiations. You know, respect is the, costs us very little. It's, it doesn't cost us anything, but it means a lot to the other side, and it means a lot to us. It's respect of the other that's born out of self-respect. Yeah, and it's born out of really listening to each other, too, really giving the person the opportunity to be heard and respond to that person as well you know, which I know you do, you're great at that, to really hear what the people are saying so that you can get empathetic or sympathetic or at least understand where they're coming from so that your proposal will also try and meet their needs, right? That's absolutely it. I mean, uh, the, the, this ability to listen, uh, if you observe the behavior of successful negotiators, as you know well, you know, you see that they listen far more than they talk because by listening, they're showing respect, but they're also finding out more about what the other side really needs, so they're much more likely to end up with a mutually satisfying outcome. Right. Now, in your book, The Power of a Positive No, you describe a three, a trap that, that many people resort to instead of saying no. Why don't you talk about those three? Yeah, what I see, many of us, all of us, in fact, you know, we, we tend to be when there's a difficult situation where we would like to say no, either we uh, we we accommodate, we you know we, we 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 say yes when we want to say no. I mean, how many of us can think of situations where we said yes to our spouse or yes to the boss or yes to the colleague asking for help, and really came to regret it? Uh, we say yes when we would like to say no. So either we fall into that trap of of accommodation. Or we fall into the opposite uh, trap, which is we do say no, but we say no aggressively and destructively in a way that hurts the relationship and the potential of a deal. In other words, we attack. Either we accommodate or attack, or uh, we avoid. avoid. The third one, we we don't say yes, we don't say no, and we just hope the problem goes away, which, of course, it never does. It usually just gets worse. So we're like a mouse in in a labyrinth, and we go down... Okay, so first we'll, you know, uh, we'll, first we'll accommodate for a while. A lot of us go that way, and then we finally lose it and say, well, enough of that, and we go on the attack, and then we realize, wow, we just damaged the relationship, and we feel a little bit guilty, and then we go back into avoidance, and we just keep on going around in a circle. So the question is, what's the way out of that 3A trap? And to me, the, the, the fourth way is to engage, actually engage the issue, move into the issue, deal with the difficulty, but deal with it positively through what I call a positive no. Yes. And, and you know how I interpreted that from your books is like kind of the, the um, velvet confrontation. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> you know? Because That's it, exactly. It, you, 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 yeah. It's a respectful, a respectful, empathetic confrontation. It's like, you move into the problem and don't avoid it, 
you don't accommodate, which is, in other words, you don't sacrifice your own interests, and you don't attack the other side. You, rather, you engage constructively, coming from your yes, from what really means something to you, and coming from out of respect to the other for their yes. Yes. And I am so excited because we are interviewing today, if you're driving by or if you're listening at the university, we are speaking with my real hero, the one who just jazzes me up about mediation and peacemaking, and that is William Urey, who was my professor, and I was so fortunate to train with him with a program on negotiation at Harvard, and he is a senior fellow of the Harvard Negotiation Project. He is the author of Getting to Yes, which I know, even if you didn't know his name, I know you know the book. It has been translated in, I don't know how many languages. He and Roger Fisher wrote Getting to Yes, and that was really the Bible of negotiations. And then Getting Past No, which I have loved for years. And then, of course, the more recent book, which is the one that we're talking about today, The Power of a Positive No. So, um, Bill, tell me, you know, you talked about get, going to the balcony in Getting Past No, and you brought it up again. Let's talk about what does it mean to go to the balcony and how, how is it that it's so effective? Well, what I've noticed, Mari, is that the single biggest obstacle to us getting what we want in our negotiations is not what we often imagine it to be. It's not that other person, that difficult person, however difficult that person might be. The real obstacle I've noticed over the years is ourselves. It's us. It's in our own all-too-understandable, all-too-natural human tendency to react, in other words, to act without thinking. As the saying goes, when angry, you will make the best speech you will ever regret. I love that. And I know. See that time <laughs> it's and so time true. again. Right. And, and so the ability to me that I see successful negotiators engaging in is this ability to, it's almost like you imagine that you're negotiating on a stage and part of your mind can go to an, a mental or an emotional balcony, a place of calm, a place of perspective, a place of self-control where you can kind of see the big picture, where you can get some perspective, where you can you know, keep your eyes on the prize. What do I really want out of that negotiation? And that ability to go to the balcony, to me, is the foundation of successful negotiation. And particularly in today's times, where there's so much coming at us, right, left, and center, and everything has to be done super fast, that the ability to slow down, you know, if you want to go fast, you've got to go slow. The ability to slow down for a moment and direct yourself and focus on what you want out of that negotiation and have that big picture, being able to see what's going on, to see who's not at the table, who needs to be consulted, that ability to go to the balcony. It's almost like, a, here's another metaphor of a, you know, a camera lens. The ability in negotiation, you need the ability to kind of zoom in to a particular detail, but you also need the ability to zoom out and see the big picture. And constantly that's what we need in our lives is that ability to zoom in and zoom out and we often just get, we just zoom in, we get locked in there, we get, we, we, you know, we, get, we can't see the forest for the trees. You know, and I have this other vision that kind of piggybacks on what you were saying, which is I think of a helicopter view. Where right. you get up and you kind of look at what's going on. And one of the things that I, and I'll have to send it to you when I send you a little gift after this, but I, I put together this from your, from what I got out of your going to the balcony, I created this thing called hard loving which it stands for, it's a mnemonic, 
halt. Like when you somebody says something that you just want to strike them, you know, or you, you know, it goes, it pushes your button that you just want to react. You know, the first thing is think halt, you know, stop, don't do anything. Just shut up. Don't say a word. Don't do anything. Just take some breaths and just kind of feel where you are and then get centered. And then you can respond because it's a physiological thing. When you get angry, your body can kind of like take over and and the anger takes over and then you lose all your real perspective, right? That's it. And for about, you know, you know, physiologically, you know, for about 90 seconds, uh, your body's going to be processing those chemicals, the, 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 the emotions, you know, that the, come with anger and come with fear. And so if you can just go to the balcony for 90 seconds, don't react, don't act out of it, just listen, hear it out, you know, then after 90 seconds, then you got a chance to influence yourself and to, and to really move your own attitude and move the conversation in a more positive direction. Yeah, so it's that ability to pause, even for a very short period of time, the ability to pause, that turns out to be key. You know, I, let me give you an example, if I may. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I happen to be going down to South America soon to, uh, to, to work on a conflict there, and I'm reminded of previous trip down to South America where I was working as a, as a mediator in a very difficult political conflict involving uh, the president of Venezuela, Hugo Chavez, and his political opposition. Mm. And uh, it was a time when there were millions of people out on the streets pro the president, anti the president, and there was some violence and there was some fear that this was going to really touch off a, a civil strife. And at one point, I went in to see the president. Um, I was called into his palace and for a 9 p.m. appointment to give him a report on how things were going. And, uh, and I waited, and I waited, 9.30, 10, 10.30, 11, 11.30, finally at midnight, I was ushered in, wow. expecting to find the president alone, of course, at that late hour. But in fact, his entire cabinet was arrayed behind him. And, and uh, so he asked me, so, Yuri, so how, how, what's, your, what's your assessment? How are things going here? And I said, well, Mr. President, uh, you know, I've been talking to your ministers and I've been talking to the opposition, and it seems to me that they're, they're making a little bit of progress. And uh, he, he got triggered by that, or at least pretended to get triggered by it, and he leaned into my face and said, what do you mean, positive progress? He said, you must be naive. You must be <laughs> fooled by those opposition types, their traitors and their tricksters, and they're doing this. And he proceeded to list everything they were doing and, you know, shouting very vociferously. And, uh, and meanwhile, you know, I was, I'm thinking, wait a minute, you, you know, I'm on the spot here and, you know, he's feeling a little bit embarrassed in front of this. this is all this work going down the drain, and here's the president shouting at me. And you get defensive and you start thinking, well, right. you know, but wait a minute, I'm not naive and so on. You know, you get all those thoughts going on. But, but then I remembered, you know, got to go to the balcony and, right. just, you know, just take a deep breath here. And a friend of mine had said, you know, if you're in a tough situation, one technique he liked to use was pinch the palm of your hand. Mm. And I said to him, what do you mean pinch the palm of your hand? Yeah, he said, it gives you a little bit of pain. It'll keep you alert. So I sort of pinched the palm of my hand there and, <laughs> And for 45 minutes while the president was shouting, I was just, you know, I wasn't going to respond. I was just going to just listen. Right. Until at some moment his shoulders slumped, and he said to me in a kind of resigned, weary tone of voice, he said, so, so, Yuri, what should I do? <laughs> and so at that moment, 
that's the moment when the mind is open. Before that, he was so angry that anything I would have said would have just, you know, fuel for the fire. We could have gone on for hours. Right. You would just let him vent. Wouldn't have it, yeah. would have, but at that point, he was open, you know. And so I, because I, I, it showed me that the greatest power, of course, is the power not to react sometimes. Oh, absolutely. And so, and so I, said, I said to him, I said, you know, I think, Mr. President, I think the entire country needs to go on the balcony, go to the balcony, because after all, uh, you know, last Christmas was, didn't take place. This was about Christmas time mm-hmm. because, uh, because of the conflict. It was, the festivities were canceled. I said, give everyone a break here to just, you know, spend time with their families and rest up. And, and when we come back in January, we can resume the, <laughs> the, the, the confrontation, as it were. Yeah. And he thought that was a grand idea. And he said, and in fact, he said, yeah. And then he started to get chummy. He said, you know, and, and, um, and you know, you should come on, the, on this holiday. You should come and see Venezuela with me. He said, but then he thought, wait a minute, you're a neutral. Maybe that wouldn't be so good. Right. Your reputation. He said, but you can, you can put on a disguise. <laughs> and, and so he was just, it was, it was like night and day. But what it taught me was just the fundamental, that power of, of, of not reacting, of going to the balcony, and if you just wait a bit for your opportunity, oftentimes, you know, the conversation can go in a much more constructive direction. Yeah, I can really relate to that. I had one client that called me up, and um, it was in mediation, and one side was saying, I thought you were going to contain this, you know, and and said that they this one party said, I'm going to quit mediation. And I said, help me know about that. You know, I'm not going to charge you for any of this time. Just help me understand because that's good feedback. And then I got proceeded to get yelled at like you did for about a half hour and just listened. And I said, that really helps me understand what where you're at and what can we do now. To And it wasn't really about me. It was about the situation. And I said, so what is your suggestion that we should do just some very similar to what you did because you're my good teacher and um, it changed the whole thing. And then just, you know, this person said, thank you so much for letting me say this. <laughs> just That's thank it. you so much for letting me say this. Meanwhile, I was sitting here. Thank God we were on the phone because I was sitting there thinking, you're an idiot. you know. <laughs> and I'm thinking, you know, like, how dare you, you know, yell at me like this? But I didn't say it. I didn't say it. And you're right. I mean, I just followed your your recipe and it really really works it does there's no question it works so um i'm just looking here i have one more question for you because we're almost out of time and i'm going to have to have you back if you'll allow me to but i just wanted you to talk about the to kind of finalize this with the three great gifts of a positive no yes well you know it's like there are three, uh, the three great gifts are to create, because no, actually, by saying no to what is less important, you can actually create what is really important to you. Uh, so, like, like writing a book, or doing your art, or doing your mediation, or whatever, whatever your, your yes is. It's, it's, it, no is, is creative. It's, it's the gift of creativity. No is also the gift, the word of protection. If there's a core value, something you know that has to do with your self-respect or something that has to do with your with the health, your health and the health of your family, you do have to say no in order to protect that which is most important to you. Uh, so no is the key word of protection and preservation, and then no is also the key word of transformation, the key word of change because it's you know change always takes place. You have to say no to what has been in order to say yes to what might be. 
And so no is the key word of, of change. You know, if you want to change yourself or change your organization, it, it requires letting go of old habits in order to acquire, you know, new, new patterns. And so no, in that sense, is the key word of the three you know, basic forces of the universe that are often, you know, that are epitomized, for example, in, in ancient cultures like, like uh, in Hinduism, you know, there's the, they, they give a god to each one of these, you know, Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva. So those are the three core principles of life, which are creativity, preservation, and transformation, and no is central to all three. And, and you know, on my website at conflicthealing.com, I have that Chinese word for conflict, which is made up of two symbols, danger and opportunity. And when you go to the negative no, it's danger. And when you go to the positive no, it's opportunity. That's right. So you are wonderful. We are out of time, Bill Yuri. You are truly my hero. I just have to have you back. If you, I know you're all over the world, but I was so lucky to get you. And you really, I want everyone to go and see WilliamYuri.com and look at this wonderful new, newer book, The Power of a Positive No. And you got any other books coming? I'm just working on one. Okay. Well, just you... working on one, Mari. And uh, I just want to say what a pleasure it's been to spend this uh, time with you and your listeners. And I want to wish everyone much success in getting to yes. All right. And we will talk to you soon. We'll have you on for the next book. Great. All right. Bye-bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us next Monday for another wonderful interview at 8.30 on Prescriptions for Healing Conflict and visit our website at conflicthealing.com and join us every week here. And we really appreciate you and write us emails about what you want to know about and healing conflict in your life. Thanks. It's about trust. Expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.